here we are back again. Another episode of G's BBQ&A. Putting North Florida, putting Florida barbecue on the map. North Florida, we say that today because uh, here in the first week of January, it's actually acting like winter. Oh, yeah. So I know our friends up north <laughs> are just laughing at us when we talk about winter because uh, what was it this morning? 42 degrees? Yeah. Yeah, we were acting like yeah. glaciers were coming down 95 at us. <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's kind of what we do. Check uh, out all, by the way, before we go any further, check out all the great things that are happening at G Slow Smoke Barbecue in uh, Orange Park, Florida, just south of Jacksonville. You can go to the Facebook page. And this morning, you look on the Facebook page, check it out. There's a big old pot of Brunswick stew. Yeah. So it's not like we just talk about it. You put the rubber to the road this morning, and you knew what was going on. <laughs> yeah. well, plus, we have to test it out, you know. Well, there, you see, to... the R&D portion of uh, what goes on here is oh so important. And you, you come up with some good ideas. And I'm constantly, uh, constantly trying to point out the value of having a fat guy around because <laughs> we're always thinking bigger. Yes, and the pot of Brunswick stew and, you know, one of the things that good stews do is they'll set up a little bit. They'll thicken up right. when you got leftovers for the next day. Yep. And we were talking about the stew thickening up. And then for some reason, I brought up to uh, I brought up to Gary. I said, you know, this kind of this kind of the Brunswick stew today reminds me of my grandma's old goulash. You know, yep. which is mac and tomatoes. Yep. You know, and a little bit of ground beef <clears throat> if you're feeling uh, like you're living right. Or you know, sometimes it's just mac and tomatoes. Right. So I thought, you know, this might be good <laughs> if you put some macaroni in it. And then he looked at me and he goes, "What about some mac and cheese?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, there's mac and cheese back in the kitchen, isn't there?" Uh, it took him maybe eight seconds to get to the kitchen. Right. And come back with a with a cup of Brunswick stew served over mac and cheese. And let me tell you something, people. Is it good? You y'all are missing out. <laughs> when I when I shared your status this morning on Facebook, all I said I sent a picture of the big pot of, of uh, Brunswick stew, and I said, "Run, don't walk." Yeah. Yep. Now you really better hoof it. Yep. Run lights, don't right. walk. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey, you know I'm a man that makes things happen. You I know. Mean, you know what? It's it's what we always talk about. Whether it's putting something on the smoker or trying something new to do in right. the kitchen, don't be afraid. Right. To to get experimental. Yeah, you know, that's one of our, I think, Steve, from the beginning is, um, you, you and you said it, I think, many times on, on some previous podcasts is, you know, don't be afraid to experiment yeah. and do your own thing, really, because we can kind of guide people and give them advice and tips and things like that, um, uh, whether it's barbecue or just, uh, you know, chili, uh, stews, anything like that that we cook, but you have to... Um, you know, kind of make it your own after a while. Right. You know, you, you do your thing, get in the kitchen, experiment a little bit, tweak things around a little bit to your liking, really. Well, it's funny because uh, I was telling a friend of mine the other day, you can go so far as to chisel a recipe in tablets, and I ain't going to follow it. Right. I, because I'm always thinking, well, the brain's always, there's a subroutine in the back of my brain telling me what could be different. What could we do a little, what could we make, make it more interesting? That's why they didn't send me to the top of Mount Sinai to get the commandments. Because <laughs> Moses was going to keep it real and come back with 10. I'd have come back with all kinds of, but, but uh, you know. I think he said. Yeah. But. <laughs> no, he, he was pretty clear when he said it, but I, I just, I had to spice it up a little bit. I had to put some mac and cheese in it. Oh, Steve, been a chiseling fuel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm not quite done yet. Right. You're not quite done yet. Right. Oh, I mean, uh, he's yeah. not quite done yet. Yeah. But yeah, we uh, it's 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 changing changing things up and you know playing on on tradition, but also not right. being afraid of doing something a little bit new. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because yesterday or last night, actually, it was 
I was looking at, uh, you know, Brunswick Stew, and come apart, and and it come a um, thought about it because I said, you know, I'm gonna make some stew this morning. I was thinking about it last night, and um, they, uh, I got to look, and I said, you know, where? Let me look up some recipes of stews yeah. on Google mm-hmm. just to get. What I think they're all similarly based, whether you know whether tomato based, um, uh, which I actually don't use like tomatoes in mine. I do use the juice, but right. I don't want the texture of an actual tomato personally. Mm-hmm. That, that's just me. And and the stew and, and honestly the 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 recipe I got from from Johnny you know doesn't call for you know like can of of, of you know whether they're they're uh, you know whole tomatoes or or diced tomatoes or whatever a lot of like you do in chili the same well a lot of it's true too with uh with puree right you know even a puree is a little bit thicker it is than what we're looking for it is and you know the the thing about like paste or puree paste um i'll use that in chili quite a bit only because i'll use it to thicken it Mm -hmm. a little bit you know the consistency that i like you know um we're on the same that page it, with yeah, that. Yeah, that it's too watery or something. So I do like a, a certain consistency, and it's no different than the Brunswick stew we have here. I feel is is probably just a, a little bit more liquidy than normal, but I'm okay with that because it's going to absorb it, and, and tomorrow probably perfect you yeah. know, as far as overnight. But, um, yeah, I was looking up some recipes and, um, you know, and famous ones too. One of them I think was, was it Posse's? Uh, I, I, I think it was in Chatham, Georgia or somewhere. Um, I have to look it up again, but it's like possums, Brunswick stew. Possums, like P-O-S-S, mm-hmm. yes, I think is what it was. It's, it was very popular back in the, I want to say, 40s and 50s. You know, it was one of them old country stores. Yeah. And, and it's where they made it. But it's very interesting to see it because a lot of them use, like, chicken, and um, which is, uh, you know, obviously, the, I think when you back way back a couple hundred years ago, it's probably squirrel or whatever wild game. Right. You know, um, I, I limit mine to pork and, and maybe some brisket. Right, mine personally, but um, and obviously you can probably put whatever meat you like in it. Yeah, you know, honestly, it's just like chili. Well, I'm sure it was one of those things that developed as you know whatever your source of protein was. Right, you're going to base the stew around. In this case, uh, and I'm I'm guessing this was up in North Georgia. Maybe chickens were just. You know, yard bird. Everybody had them. Right. You know. Right. And eventually, what three and a half years they won't lay anymore. Right. So they know where they're going. Um, <laughs> I know it's terrible to say, horrible thing to say, but that's, I mean, that's what the truth is. I've seen some people that put okra in their, uh, in their Brunswick stew and yes. it starts to slide yes. over to kind of where is the gumbo line between folks who live in the bayou right. and other folks from the South? Because as far as I'm concerned, Louisiana is Louisiana. It's not like the rest right. of the South, right? Just because you have a That's whole, right. you know, your Cajuns are basically Canadians that came south because they were tired of freezing their maple leaves off, right? And they did their <laughs> own thing and they brought their own yeah. kind of food, like French Canadian, yeah. French, yeah. So somewhere there's a line where right. the gumbo that'll have okra in it stops yes. having okra in it, right? Right. And maybe you get celery or lima beans or whatever is more prevalent. Yeah. It's one thing about Southern cooking that if you look back into the heritage of of things like that, like gumbo right. and like Brunswick stew, yeah, you look back to the heritage of it and it 
its roots are as a survival food. Right. You know, that's right. Which yeah. is which is kind of a neat way that I want to segue into today's podcast. Only took me eight minutes to do it. Right. <laughs> hey, <laughs> well, look, hey, folks, I don't even know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, look, guess what, Ma? All that money at broadcasting school is paying off. <laughs> look declare. over here. Um, is the the traditional, and I would say it's by and large a Southern meal. The traditional New Year's Day meal that consists of the basic elements, something made from a pig, right? Uh, greens, yep. really of any sort, but more traditionally people think of collard greens, right? black-eyed peas, right. and cornbread. Yep. Now, the story that I've always been told was this really started happening uh, late in the Civil War right? when General Sherman had done his thing to Atlanta and, and had Savannah in his sights right and destroyed the everything. everything yeah i mean everything except except number one a crop well the yankees couldn't figure out what to do with those terrible little little oh. uh, mud peas yeah and let's face it they are not the go-to bean no of choice. no no your black eyed pea <laughs> yeah yeah they are which, not which i like but you're not but the go-to again, right. there's a lot of acquired taste to it mm -hmm. so basically the black eyed pea and the collard greens, yep. they they didn't take much to collard greens as right. well. Because you know what? You're eating weeds. Right. That's right. all they are. Right. right. Weeds that got the reason a lot of them first started eating it. And right. it started back before pre-colonial. Yep. Was it was in the way of cotton. Mm -hmm. And you got to do something with it. Yep. Pull it up and, you know, leave it to a southerner to boil it. Yeah, you know, and the, the you know, so you couldn't really eat them until the southerners started to cook them. Right, and cotton largely grown in the south. Yep, perfect dirt that cotton's grown in to grow collard Same. greens, turnip greens, yep. stuff like Something that. Fertile. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Now, then you look at um, um, the other piece, the protein to this, and again, we talk about building stews and soups and things like that on proteins. Mm -hmm. Was the Yankees when they came down were well supplied? Yeah. So they had plenty of beef that right. was getting shipped in on the tra on the railroad that they hadn't destroyed yet. Yep. They didn't really mess pig with, ain't with it. The pork, but pigs were what was left, and you would use pieces of pork that you couldn't make salt pork, or you would use the knuckles. You would because you can get plenty of flavor out of every pretty much every part of the pig. Yeah, that was another part right. of the New Year's meal, and cornbread became symbolic because Southerners eat it with every meal. Right. Pretty much. Oh, yeah. And especially back in the day. We do at home. When you had a mashed up crop that had yep. been trampled down, you'll still have corn, and even the lousiest corn is going to make some good cornbread. Mm -hmm. And right. the symbolism of everything is something that always interested me. I want, and this year, I put, uh, I had some leftover ham in the freezer. I know oh. that's shocking for you to find out that there was something <laughs> actually left over in my freezer. But oh. I had that, and so I, it was, I, I feel almost rebellious, if you will, <laughs> that I had one can of greens, yep. one can of black-eyed peas, a couple chunks and slices of ham. I see where this is going. Threw them in the pot. Yep. And again, it, it counts me as a, as, as a very, very self-respecting Southerner yes. that I had a box of cornbread <laughs> mix. Everybody's got some milk. Everybody got some butter. Everybody mm. got a little bit of cooking oil. Mm. Smash that up. And my granny always cooked. Everything for New Year's Eve in one pot because you go back to 1864, 1865, right, you right. live in the South. You've pretty much had everything destroyed around you. Yeah. You aren't going to have a lot of different dishes going. Right. You'll have one. Right. And it's probably, hopefully a big pot. Most of the time, that's what it was. Yeah. But you probably did your laundry in too. Right. Yeah. 
I mean, you got to look at the practicality. Right. And and let if nothing else, if you cringe at the name of uh, William Tecumseh Thurm, uh, Sherman, oh. that boy was thorough. Oh, yeah. And he knew he went to school in the South, so he knew the Southern people were resilient. Yeah. And if you want to make them make sure there's never a war again, you got to really bring them to their knees. Yeah. But here they are putting salt pork, which the Yankees didn't like, as their protein. They had plenty of cattle anyway because everything was, like I said, was getting shipped in yeah. by the railroad. Yeah. And even then, you could make it to last for a couple of days. Right. So they came up with this magical feast. The pig is there because when the pig, it's again, symbolism. The symbolism of the pig being that you'll never see a pig walk backwards. Right. Pigs always root forward. Going forward. So the port in the meal is a sim- symbolism of you of always moving forward. Right. And hope and optimism. Right. For whatever the future is. Right. The black eyed peas are symbolic of what you have left that yeah. you can make do with and right. survive right. and defy everybody who says you're not going to be able to make it. So we'll keep you these little garbage beans that have been growing around, which the black eyed peas were. And boy, right. I tell you what, there's some people to make some fine black eyed peas out there. Oh yeah. The greens obviously represented cash. They represented wealth. They represented, you know, the, the ability to have some kind of means of living. Right. And the cornbread as gold is to point out the things that you have around you that are actually real treasures that are of a value that almost goes past money. Right. So they're ta- I think the cornbread symbolically was resemb- was representing family and your ties to the land and your ties to where you are. Right. And who you are. Yep. Along with the optimism yep. of knowing who you can become no matter what happens to wow. you. So I always love the symbolism yep. of the New Year's meal. And, of course, everybody has different uh, different perspectives on it. One yeah. of the things that I've found, you know, I like it when people share their stuff because I want to see how things are in different yeah. parts of the country. Right. Now, I cook my, all mine together. Yeah, it looked good, too. And I actually saw a picture of it. Thank you. And yeah. it, it was perfect. It perfect balance. Beans had enough flavor. The greens, you know. Uh, Just, yeah. I always aim for the cheapest can on the shelf because right. normally <clears throat> right. they're the best. Yeah. And you don't rinse yeah. anything. Yep. I, did I rinse? No, I didn't no, rinse the pour, beans at pour all. It in there. Just dump pour it them in, all in. Let her rip. Yep. You know. I do that when making stew. And I the, don't drain anything. Yeah. I just kind of add, go with it. The beans were already seasoned. I wish I could remember what the name of the. They were, I think Dixie, it's Glory. Margaret Holmes got Glory. Yeah. Those are good. They're, they're real they're good. They're real good. Glory and Margaret Holmes, if you have to go to can, is probably, in my opinion. The best ways. Couple, yeah, yeah. Yes. I agree. And, I, I think so. And it was, you know, the, the more you let it cook, the better it starts to smell. Oh, and man. you don't need to have a ton of ham in it. I, nope. diced, I diced them up. Oh. And just let them kind of do their thing. Get it to a simmer, and while your cornbread is cooking, okay, I, I, I fancified and upgraded the cornbread situation because <laughs> I drained out a can of corn, and I dumped oh. it in the batter. You have to cook it longer. Wow. You know, I have to cook it almost an hour. Okay. Because it suggests 25, 25 minutes or so at 375. I don't recall Brent getting a bowl or a piece brought, so I'm not sure. Well, it, it was, Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, uh, after How, after twenty five did you eat? <laughs> after twenty five minutes, I kind of pulled on the pan a little bit, and it was still slopping back and forth. And I'm like, yep. "You're staying in there for yeah. a little bit." So it sets up. Yeah. Cooked it for an hour. Wow! And it was perfect. Wow! And it was perfect. You wow! Know? Again, most people didn't have the corn to. You either you took your corn and you made cornmeal out of it. Yeah. You know, and corn cornmeal you get cornbread or yeah. you get hoe cakes. Well, you speaking of that, my my um, mother in law Linda Dana's mom, 
she makes corn broccoli cornbread. Oh my god! Really? What? Let me tell you, it's got a little bit of sweetness to it. Broccoli, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like big chunks. You know, you get the oh man, it's surprising. Really? Yes. Yeah, so we hmm. had that with the with the black eyed peas. We, we we actually cooked the ham. It was delicious. You know, and and the, uh, I actually wanted some rice a little bit, so I put mine over rice and with mm-hmm. an onion and stuff. So yeah, it was. Good, delicious. Like, like I said, it's interesting to see how people present their meal in different ways, right. building on that tradition. Now, one of the things that I found out, and uh, I've seen plenty of people that do it in the past, instead of putting it all in one pot, they make it separate. Right. You know, and it each has its little place on the plate. Right. And I understand that, and yeah. I get that. Yeah. I'm not one of those people that freaks out when their food touches. Right. I didn't, get, I didn't get this big. <laughs> I didn't right. get this size. Separating by not all the food? Yeah, no. At the, by, <laughs> the the time the, by the time the meal is over, I've drawn everything into the middle into a heap. Right. And I'm just trowing into it with a spoon. Right. Everybody <laughs> likes to give me. I'm the just, same way. Just give me grief over the fact that my favorite thing to eat with is a spoon. <laughs> and the closer it is to like a little trowel that you use out in the garden to dig balls. It's actually a small shovel, folks. I'm pretty much. Yeah. I'm in for you. Well, the tea handle at the end of it. The tea handle. Will, uh, I, had to, I thought he had to. <laughs> When I was metal detector, I had to buy an extra tea and a shovel to give to him. <laughs> yeah, you just tell me there's something you know, there's something to eat down there. And you have a you you could put a soldier in that foxhole by the time I was done. But um, you know the just you know things you think about after you know after the holidays, after Christmas, busy New Year. Yeah, you're starting off with a new beginning. Yeah, and you, it it and really meant more to me this year to make the right, meal right. Then skip it. So I was hustling around. It was six o'clock on uh, New Year's night, and I'm saying it is still New Year's Day, right? Technically, yeah. So why don't you just go ahead and make it, it sure. as long as it gets cooked today? <laughs> I can right, eat it tomorrow. Right, right. It didn't right. make it till the next right, day. Right. Leftovers did, yeah, but and, nothing else did. Yeah. Well, you know, hey, you know, I agree with the New Year. I kind of felt the same way this year. Um, you know, uh, like I said, the the women cook and everything, and uh, I was actually going to do the ham if they wanted me to. They baked it which turned out delicious actually and um it was all really good but yeah you do it for prosperity you know good fortune and moving forward you know yeah Um, obviously the green supposedly for wealth and money you know things like that so but yeah i kind of felt a little bit different this year about it as well you know yeah i mean a lot going on you know in the country and um you know for me personally with the restaurant you you know you, you try to stay you know, optimistic yeah. as much as possible, but there's, well, I think there's every, also reality. You I know? think everyone does. It's just tough. You know, you know, I mean, you're looking at that. Everybody put on the news and let me, Every, can I give you a prescription? Oh my God. Take a break sometimes from having that news channel on all the time. Yes. You know, yes. if you have something to play I've, music, cause like here, we're here in the, in the, in the pod, in the studio room right. at the restaurant Yep. and there's the, you know, there's, there's nice soft music. Yeah. There's nobody going to get stirred up over the music. No, no. Nobody's going to get mad about whose football team did or didn't no. make it to the final four. No. Yep. Take a break and relax, especially with that's, news, yeah. because it ain't going away, that's, and it's yeah. just going to stress you out. That's one thing I try not to do. put on it in TV-wise. I just, um, for here, actually, you know, what you're listening to, you're right. It's just a smooth kind of jazz, yeah. soft piano, and, you know, with a with a nice scenery of you know, snow or whatever over there. But, um, yeah, I think... Uh, this time and day, you got to have a break because uh, you can definitely get riled up, whether it's politics, sports, Whatever. anything. Yeah. It's, it's always I mean, something negative. And we've always <clears throat> talked about the fact that food is so important because it's a communal thing. 
and it's also it's a it's a yeah. reinforced positivity. Yeah. Yes, you know it's, it's it don't matter what aisle you stand on or across. Food's gonna bring you together. And I, I love you know. places that say they have comfort food. Pretty much any good kind of food has got to be comfort yeah. food. Yeah, it's got to bring you some level yeah. of pleasure to take you I, away right. from the rest of the day. I think I think that that term is just very subjective. Yeah. I think you know pizza's somebody's comfort food, right. and, and you know breakfast and barbecue, obviously. Um, you know, anything like that, I think is, uh, everybody's different for me, honestly, is, um, what I like is like a cup of coffee mm-hmm. is for me sometimes, yeah. you know, I'll get home. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna fix a cup of coffee. It's just for whatever reason. Well, I like the, I like the way the comfort food became kind of, I don't want to say a catchphrase, but it almost became a little bit cliched. Right. If you ask me, I mean, who's going to walk into a restaurant that has a sign painted out front that says, stress you the hell out food? Yeah, I need some stress food. No, no, I really don't. <laughs> and you're just going to keep on getting it. It says comfort food, you know, and, you know, in, in your situation, I, I love pulling up here first thing in the morning because what's the first thing that happens when I get out of the car? The pit hits me. Yeah, the smell. You know, and it's just like, oh, that just smells right, good. Right. You know, right. And, and how much positivity and good memories are yeah. uh, sparked by smell. Right. You know. Oh, that, that brings you back to any moment, like almost just like a song. Yeah. You can almost recollect maybe a day, definitely probably a year, maybe even the day yeah. and a time. Absolutely. And that stays with you your whole life. Yes. I think it does. Yes. Because there's there's memories that I can associate and, Me and think of my grandpa with. Yep. And I mean, we're talking, you know, Gosh. 55 years ago. Wow. That, that just brings it back. Right. Like it used to be. And they're hard to explain to people. Yeah. One of the... Yes. One of the coolest, and I haven't smelled it probably in 40 plus years. One of the neatest smells that I always liked was the sm- <laughs> My dad, the first <laughs> new car my dad bought was a 1968 Rambler American. Wow. So I was just three when he bought it. Holy. You know, and. Too bad uh, you don't so got it. I wish I still had that That'd car. Sweet. Somebody will laugh at me because it really couldn't go much faster than 60. So what? A little one, bur- one barrel carburetor. But you know what? It had. It had this smell from the radiator hmm. that I've never smelled on anything else. And it gave me back every good memory we had of going on road trips, wow. going camping in that car, huh. driving through a creek in that car. Wow. I'm going, my dad, Mr. Coat and Tie, Mr. United States Navy for 35 <laughs> years. And he backed her on, gunned it through the creek. Water came up near the door handles. I'm going, God, we're all going to get swept away and Holy die. Holy I was like, uh, what were y'all doing? 11. We were on a Boy Scout camp trip. Oh. You got, in Maryland? Yeah. He had to show some leadership. Went across the he, creek? He sure as hell did. He drove that little car right through. Came out the other side. Never missed a beat. I'm going, <laughs> son of a gun, I've got new respect for the American Motors That's Corporation. That's the difference between where the intake comes in, low or high, because back then it was just a breather or carburetor on top. Yeah. So long as it was above water. That's all it had to do. Flood, he was, you were good to go to some degree. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, I, I, that just, it sparks that memory. And I know that, and you know what? There's nothing in the world, and I know people like having fire pits and stuff in their yard. There is nothing like an out in the woods. Firewood's a little bit wet campfire. Right. A little smoky. The smell is unlike anything else you'll ever experience. And it's just, again, everybody, a lot of people are nodding their head going, you're darn right about that. You know, dry wood burns nice and hot, but smoky wood out in the woods, all you feel is the heat off that fire and you smell that good and it's comforting and it's a, and it's a good thing. And again, right. we get back to comfort yes. smells. Yes, You know, speaking, speaking of that, man, the, like a firewood, the, 
that's how we grew up, you know, hunting during hunting season and things like that in the early 70s and yeah. on up through the 80s, obviously, and um, into the early 90s. And then, um, <clears throat> but back then, you know, we hunted over in Osceola, um, which is, you know, just west of here, not too far, 30, 45 minutes. And um, I can remember any time I ride out there, if there's a fire in the little camping areas that we, we stayed in or yep. maybe another one, it brought me back to, as a kid every mm-hmm. time. I could I can recollect that almost instantly. It's a it's one of the best memories ever for me. Okay. So this goes even back further. And it's just top popped them top of mind awareness popped into my head about the way things smell. Right. When my brother and I used to go uh, fishing, we used to go fish along the uh, CNO Canal near oh. Washington, D.C. Because pretty much the whole thing in that area is watered. Okay. And the big old fish love to live in the locks. Mm. And because there's you know, plenty of food source for them. Yeah. There's catfish that get to be about two feet long. Oh, yeah. 20, yeah. 30 pounds. I mean, yeah. they're hefty. Yeah. You want to catch them? Right. Catch them with something that stinks. Okay. You could used to be able to pretty much get kidneys yep. that the grocery store Chick- give to chicken. you. Chicken. Gizzard and use chicken, and, yeah, but liver. The, and, the best thing was if you had a little bit of the water from those, a little of the blood, and then you'd mash up uh, bread, bread slices, and cheese. Oh, and ball them up because they'd stick together even in the water. Yep, yep. he loved and, them, didn't he? And boy, the way your fingers just stink with the dirt of being a uh. kid. It it was awful, but at the same time, it was good. <laughs> oh yeah, it was something. And like, if you got one, you better hang on. Oh. Or you get pulled in. Pulled in. <laughs> yeah, good thing it's not that deep. Did you ever catch any of them big ones? Oh, gosh, yeah. Really? All the time. Wow. Because you know what? Nobody was – there were a few people that, that were, were going, going around and would buy them from you. Okay. So if you had a day where you could get a couple of big ones yeah. and you sell them – and let's face it, you're a 10-year-old kid. Oh, a couple bucks? A couple of dollars. Get you, what? You just pretty much paid for your football cards yeah. at the end Especially of the summer. in the 70s and whatnot. Yeah. And it yeah. was, you know, they were happy to have some help. Because they were probably feeding their families with them. Right. You know, and oh, at yeah. the same time, yeah. we were out doing what you're supposed to be doing right. when you're, you know, when it's summer break and, and you're a kid. That's where I was all the time. I was fishing at the pond. Yeah. Every day and into the night. That's yeah, how, right I up up. Right. That's how could, I grew up. If you couldn't see no more, you deserve to be stuck out in the dark. Right, right. <laughs> I was a few times trying to catch snipe. I, I still, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to catch something else. Right. <laughs> I bet you were. How you like I did that? It was smooth. Once again, Mama, broadcasting school paid off dividends. Thanks for hanging out with us today. G's BBQ&A, putting Florida barbecue on the map because, let's face it, good cooking, family, and home, that's what barbecue is all about. Make sure you check out the uh, other podcasts available on Spotify and wherever finer broadcasts uh, podcasts are broadcasts. And, you know, you know what to do. This is twenty. It's the twenty first century. Right. Y'all been doing this for a while. Probably listening to them a lot longer than we've been making them. But we do appreciate that. Make sure you stop by G Slow Smoked Barbecue on Facebook. Check out today's big old pot of Brunswick stew. It looks good. And if you're in the Jacksonville area, come on by. Lots of folks are surprised. I never knew you guys were here. Yeah. We here. We love love to to have have you. you. Absolutely. Stop on by. Check out the Brunswick stew today. And make sure that when you're out on the road, anywhere you are, pop into a mom and pop. Tell them you appreciate the fact they're in business and doing good things. We'll catch you next time.